Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the back seat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is The Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to The Field Guide to Awesome, folks. In last week's episode, I spoke about recognizing yourself as your universal constant and using your emotional intelligence to lean into discomfort. Once you change how you interact with that discomfort or difficult situation, then you're able to grow into new life and business experiences that are more in alignment with your mission and vision. It was a powerful episode, folks, so if you missed it, make sure to go back and check it out. But don't go yet, folks. My next guest is Sue Perez. Sue Perez is an Emmy Award-winning television makeup artist for NBC Universal. She's also worked on The Dr. Oz Show, HBO, and Law & Order SVU. She's also the author of Beneath the Makeup, 12 Lessons to Empower and Inspire You. Join me in welcoming Sue Perez. Sue, I just introduced you. I am so happy that you're here. I'm so excited to interview you today. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my goodness, Trina. I have not stopped thinking about this since you asked me. Um, I'm thrilled to be here and thank you obviously for having me so yeah I feel so fortunate I uh, I meet so many interesting people on Facebook and I just happened to come across you and I absolutely love what you do why don't you tell my audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do I started my career as a makeup artist Uh, I live in New York City. I'm based here still. And I started my career at a time where there were really no places to learn makeup um, outside of hair styling school. And I didn't want to do hair. So I'm a, a, a girl who grew up in the city. I went to art school. So I got trained in art. Um, and then I just loved makeup because makeup was just like another extension of me being being that artist. And I pretty much always tried to break into, you know, how to work as a professional and um, the the work really in the high paying work or the really like cool jobs are in television, film and, you know, music videos, which were really big at the time and theater. And in order to get those jobs, you need to be in the union. And so for many years, I struggled to try to qualify. And the the rules for joining were that you had to have experience in those specific fields or in those areas for you to qualify. And I would take a job where I was doing like assisting or I was uh, working on a lower end budget type production, a non-union production to qualify with hours and try to work full time and pay bills. So it was always hard to do that. It was almost like a catch 22. And I I just felt like it it was my destiny to become a professional makeup artist. And I remember working at Saks Fifth Avenue 
And I remember walking past uh, uh, the NBC studios, which is right at 30 Rock. And I remember like looking up at 30 Rock and actually saying, I'm gonna be there one day. I'm gonna be in your, you know, I'm gonna be a makeup artist in news. I'm gonna be a television makeup artist. Like really, really making that intention. And um, working behind the cosmetic counter, you work with lots of people. I worked for all the high-end brands. I became a manager in business, in, in cosmetics. Uh, I went on to get my license in aesthetics and I was working freelance. I did some modeling. So I was on photo shoots and I became a professional hand model. So my entire experience was um, being involved in production um, as a professional art, uh, model or doing makeup. And eventually I got an opportunity to uh, interview at NBC and I got offered a position for the, for the local morning uh, news show, which started at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I couldn't turn it down. I was so excited and I did it. And I, eventually after seven years, I won an Emmy. So I really, I really truly I joined the union. I qualified, I continued working. And I, I actually accomplished a huge dream that I had set out to, to accomplish without any real knowledge of how it was gonna happen. I think it really, it really proves that when you set your intention and you really uh, focus on that, it doesn't mean that it has to happen overnight. You know, I think a lot of times we think, and especially in business, I think we, we expect results right away. But what's important is to continuously make progress toward your goal. So if you have a big goal, that's awesome. But then you take little steps to get toward it. And I just never gave up on that. And I, of course, I published a book, you know, I've been, I've been involved in production. I've been on all kinds of shows here in New York City. Uh, I've been, I've worked for HBO. I've worked on, uh, on Law and Order um, as an additional day play artist, you know, because once you're in the union, you can work on all these really cool shows. So I live the dream of a professional makeup artist and, you know, it's, it's fantastic. But what I really love to do is really teach women about beauty and really enhance women. And as a coach, now I'm working with women to really uh, step into their own confidence and really break through and unleash their brands on video. That is just beautiful. I love everything that you said and I want to unpack some of it. I think in your early days, what was a, a mindset challenge that you, what was it a challenge that you overcame with mindset? The, the hardest thing was always seeing other people get things that I didn't. And I think that when you see other people's success, for example, seeing people that were working in television, right? The makeup artists that were doing the photo shoots, they were working for big magazines at a time when editorial makeup was really hot in the nineties and you know, you, you know, as a makeup artist, I would compare myself, you know, I would, I would feel like not good enough or what's wrong with me, or um, I would make all the phone calls to the agencies and offer, you know, to go look to, to show my, to show my portfolio. I would meet with photographers, you know, there's always that, that self-doubt that I think um, I felt because I was always comparing myself to what other mm. people were doing. And even in business, I think it happens. I think there's um, more women now involved in business, a lot more female entrepreneurs, and especially with social media and the internet, everyone is launching stuff or sharing. Or, and really it's wonderful because we have so many gifts to share with the world. And I believe women are gonna change the world in, in a positive way. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, that, that was my biggest struggle was really just getting over that and not comparing myself. I think that is so timely. I and timeless, the 
comparing of ourselves against everybody else's shiny front end. And all we see is our, our mistakes, our, our shortcomings or our perceived shortcomings. And so I think that is fabulous that you were able to get past that. What, what did help you get past that? It's classic imposter syndrome. How did you get I, past that? I, I believe in mentorship. I, I believe in aligning myself with people that are doing things that I want to do. I, I focused on learning. I focused on uh, embracing my, my abilities and improving my skill sets. I focused on um, the areas where I felt that I needed more work on. And some of that was internal. Some of that was really developing my own sense of self, my own self-confidence, my own abilities. And again, as women, um, I, I worked as a model. I got an opportunity to, to work in as a plus size model at, at a time where plus size models were still kind of um, not as diverse as they are now. Uh, some of the agencies, if you were a brunette, they had a brunette, they weren't interested in you, but they liked it if you had something different. So it was a little bit more competitive. And I remember uh, I had a portfolio, I had hired different photographers, I had phenomenal images. And I ran into a friend of mine on Fifth Avenue who hadn't seen me in a long time. And she stopped me and she's like, super mess, you know, and I was thrilled to see her. And she remembered me. I hadn't seen her in a long time, maybe a year and a half or, or something like that. And I told her what I was doing with modeling and I took my portfolio out and I was so embarrassed by it. I remember feeling really self-conscious and um, I, I just didn't feel comfortable, but she loved it. She opened my book and she flipped the pages and she just oohed and odd and, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And oh my, look at you. And, you know, all of the, all of the, uh, you know, exclamations of someone that is super excited and proud of you and loves you and is, you know, and I just, on the inside, I just felt so, I just felt really uncomfortable. I, I smiled and I thanked her, but on the inside, I realized that the hardest person in life to win over is ourselves. Yes. And the only, yes. the only way that we can really break through is to step through, is to go through. And I had to go through a process. I had to go, I had to go to casting calls. I had casting directors compliment me. Usually a casting call, when you walk in, you're surrounded by other models and other people who are there for the call. So imagine you're a model, you have a portfolio, you have an agent, which is all of those things are very hard to get. And then you walk into a room with 200 women that are gorgeous and beautiful. And immediately you go, I'm not gonna get this job. I'm not gonna get this job. Look at her, look at her, look at her. And I would book work. I would book uh, as a hand model. I, I had a uniqueness I, for my style. I, I did editorial. I got put in magazines. I got put in Glamour magazine. You know, I, I had, I did break through. I did get professional work. Of course I had to be in it to win it, right? I had to go to the casting call. Yes. But once you get that job, once you get that booking, once you get that tear sheet for your portfolio, once you get that paycheck, I remember the first paycheck I got, I mean, just bawling my eyes out. And that's how you develop your confidence. You have to break through. The only way is through it. And I, I mean, even now I look back on it, it's, it's a great accomplishment. It was one of my dreams to do it. I had been in high school. People would ask me to pose for that. You know, I was kind of like the, the student model a lot. So to actually be able to do it. And I think that, you know, that confidence is something that we all have to develop. It's something that we have to challenge ourselves. We have to step into our worth 
our value, we have to know it and we have to just unleash it and go and go through. And it's a process and it's, it's not easy, right? We're, we're challenged. It's not easy, but it can be done. It can be done. And especially, I think it's super challenging for women who are entrepreneurs, women who are coaches, women who are just breaking into the business side of things in their careers with technology and today's limitations and today's opportunities, because within crisis lies opportunity of video conferencing and video meetings. We have the ability to be even more visible now than we ever have had the opportunity to be in the past. But that brings a new challenge of people who don't like being on video. Now, and that's just an extension of women, people, men, whoever, who don't like to have their photos taken. And now a video is just an extended picture or series of pictures. And there's just more of you up on the screen. And that just stops people. It stops them. It does. It does. It absolutely does. I have a friend who's a business coach. And she's phenomenal at what she does. And she's very successful. Um, and she doesn't make video because she has a hard time making it. And, and I, I like so many other entrepreneurs who are so capable of doing their jobs and their work and they have great clients and, and they give so much, so much value. Being on camera and, and looking at yourself on camera, the self-judgment the need for perfectionism, the need for it to look a certain way, um, the, the critic, the, all the critics, all the inner, the fears, the fears of what will they think? Mm. What will my family think? What do my friends think? Oh, I'm doing a Facebook live. Who's really watching? The fear when I did a Facebook live, you know, and, you know, initially no one's watching, right? People watch sometimes in post. A lot of your views could happen after you go live. But when you're sitting there and no one's watching, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, things that will stop us but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. And, and you get better as you do it. You, you improve, your quality gets better, your tone gets better. You can work on your image. One of the things I did as a model was at some acting because my agency had an, uh, I had an agent for parts, I had an agent for plus size and I had an agent for, um, for acting and commercials. So I'd get sent out on commercials. And I had very little um, like training as an actor. I didn't really have acting training but I would go on a casting uh, and I'd be copy for commercial and I'd be put on hold. So being put on hold means the client is interested in you, but they're not going to book you yet. So they might be still looking at other people and they're making up their mind. Then I'd be released. And my agent said, Sue, you're on hold, which was one, one commercial was a national commercial, which would have been incredibly lucrative. And I got released and another commercial I was on hold and I got released. And so finally my agent was saying, Sue, you know, they really love you and you know, you're being put on hold, but they're releasing you. So I think you should take a class. So I did, I took a commercial acting class here in New York city taught by a very famous casting director with a very big casting agency. And I'll never forget that first time that I took the class and you're reading copy, you're reading actual commercial co copy. And I just hated it, you know, cause you watch the videos, but I was shocked actually. I was like so many of us, we didn't expect that. I thought I was gonna sit there and take notes and read and watch videos. No, we were the videos, we had to be on camera. And I remember just absolutely 
losing my mind on the inside because not in front of everybody. But mm. when you see yourself and you just think like, I can't believe I do that with my eye. I can't believe my uh, the way my teeth look. Or you know, you just all the self-critical, all the all the the self-negative. And I just I felt so defeated. Um, and I went home and I ha I have a book. At the time, there wasn't a big a movement for coaches or for business coaching like there is now. I didn't have anyone to really talk to, but I had a book that was written by a coach. And I, I remember reading something that he says in the book, and he just says, uh, you know, changing, changing your mind, you know, making up your mind to do something happen. You know, when you make up your mind to do something, it totally changes when you make that commitment, yes. when you acknowledge it, when you go, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to change and just acknowledging it and making that decision to change, it gets better. And you move, and and I just I remember just thinking like, okay, I'm gonna go. I, I made up my mind because this this class was expensive, right? Like when you're an actor or a model or anything in New York, you're paying for it. You know, you have to. You know, no one is sponsoring me. I had to pay. I was working and paying for everything and paying to live independently. So it was an expensive, you know, class. And I just said, I'm gonna get my money's worth. You know, I made this investment. I made this decision. I have an agency. They obviously like me. Clients like me. I need to book let me break through. And I went back and I did the copy the following week. And the casting director, literally after I did my take, he puts his script down and he looks up at me and he says, what happened? Wow. So I, wow. I, stood, I stood there and I said, uh, I, I, I just changed my mind. And he said, wow, in all my 42 years of working, I've never met anyone who said that they changed their mind. He was impressed with me just saying that. And it just came from a mindset shift. It just came from me yes. making up my mind to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it great. I'm going to get the best out of it because I invested in this and it's for me. It wasn't for anybody else. It wasn't for, you know, because I think too, like we do things, everything in life for other people, right? And as women, especially our, our jobs, our, you know, our partners, our families, our children, like we're always spread so thin, but when do we actually say, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to commit to doing it. And so I think that that's all mindset that all plays into it is all mindset. mindset. And as you're telling that story, I'm like nodding, nodding, little tears <laughs> in my eyes, chills going down my arms. Like that is how, that is the magic of mindset where one week you're one way and you're just not hitting it. You're not hitting the metrics. You're not hitting the success that you expect to see. And then you have some kind of mindset shift that comes from learning, comes from mentoring, comes from maybe just reading a phrase in a book that just suddenly clicks something in your head and you have a new understanding of it. And then when you go back to do the same thing, it's like night and day. It's Absolutely. like night and day. Absolutely. Success can happen overnight. Success can happen in a flash. And that's where confidence comes from. Yeah. You know, when, when people talk about confidence, you just have to be confident or they say, fake it until you make it and act as it. And that's where confidence really comes from, right? It comes from the actual experience of breaking through. And it reinforces that we can do it. It reinforces that it's possible. And I have, I have a friend that said, you know, she goes, I can't fake it. Like, you know, when, when they tell you things like, you know, just do it and fake it until you make it and act as if. And 
you know, it's not authentic for everybody. Not everybody can put on that smile and be cute and happy and giggly and, and fake that energy. You know, um, some people just struggle with that. And, and at the end of the day, you know, how do you, how do you really become authentic? How do you really uh, embrace that, you know, or, or, you know, blossom with, with confidence? And it comes from that experience. It comes from yes. actually breaking through and making it happen. And we all have, you know, stories in our history of things we accomplished and, and wonderful things that we were able to do that we never thought we could. And, and that's why people climb mountains, right? They climb Mount Everest because I did that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, talk about confidence building, right? Talk about, or, or, or they run marathons or, you know, things that we do to push ourselves to, to break through our own, our own perceived limitations, which really are not there once we accept the fact that we can break through it and, and actually go through that process. I agree entirely. I think one of the hangups with video is just people looking at themselves and not liking what they see. I remember many, many moons ago when I was doing yoga actively, every single yoga studio had a freaking mirror, wall-sized <laughs> mirror. And I had to see myself in spandex, no matter oh, where I sat in the classroom, right. <laughs> I saw myself in spandex. And so it wasn't just yoga, you know, the, the breath, the stretching, the right. meditation. It was also an act of self-acceptance. It was also an act of self-acceptance. And around that time, I was also exploring photography. And I was obsessed with taking pictures of myself and finding ways to take pictures of myself in which I felt confident that I liked what I saw. And, and it wasn't, I don't think, narcissism. It wasn't obsession on my beauty. I think it was that I felt like I deserved to have photos that I felt confident in. And I believed that every woman should have photos or images or videos that they feel confident, beautiful, um, that they want to show the world. Because this was back in the, in the time of where people really didn't do videos of themselves. They pretty much just took photos. And I, I looked around at my photo collection and I realized I didn't have any photos of myself. And anytime somebody tagged me in a photo on Facebook, I would untag myself because I wasn't happy with what, what I looked like. Mm -hmm. And so this is a vulnerable share. Whew. And, and so it, that has totally changed for me now. And I really want this for every single person out there because visibility is so vital in today's business world. I just, I just and I love what you. you do. Yeah, and I just want to commend you on that because what you're feeling and the being self-conscious and not liking the image or feeling uncomfortable, I work as a professional in television, you know, and in my career working on, on sets and working with celebrities and beautiful women and talent on camera that, you know, these are women that are not only aesthetically beautiful, but they're, they're, they, they have that image of, you know, the fashion, they get the clothing, they mm. get the hair, makeup styling, and they get you know, they're, they work out, they have trainers, they have, they have more opportunity 
to look their best, right? And have people help them. And there's like a team or an entourage of people that work with celebrities to really make sure that they're a certain weight, that they are wearing certain clothing. You know, there's a lot that goes in, it's a production. You know, um, if you look at some of the, you know, uh, I mean, it's all, it's all stuff that you can find online. Like how, like one celebrity could have 50 people in her employ, you know, people that cook for that. I mean, there's a lot. So when you're, you don't have access to that. And yet these people that I've worked with will come into the makeup room or in, in, my, in my history of being in different makeup rooms, you'll, you'll hear the, that even those women will find fault. Mm. Even those women will look in the mirror and complain about something they ate for dinner the night before. And we're talking about women that don't have a weight problem. There's no visible, they're not overweight is what I'm saying, right? They're not, mm -hmm. they're not women that you would consider plus size or full figured or overweight at all. These are women that are on television. They're they're beautiful. They they're also very very fit, right? Like they they wear a small size, and yet they will look in the mirror and they will say that that they will only see what they don't like. So that proves that even if <laughs> you know, they, like we all feel this. It's like there's no, uh, you know, it's shocking. It's actually, and I feel like it's almost like a, a way of shaming too. It's like. We've gotten to a place, I think, in our society where we're not, we can't say that people are fat, right? Like, yo, that's really mean and you're fat shaming. But there's also that other like, side of shaming where it's like, you know, if you're not a fat person and you're complaining about being fat, you know, that's also like a kind of shame. You know, like, how does that make other people feel in your environment when, when you talk like mm. that? I think that there's a bigger, con a bigger conversation around it. Um, and some more, it's, it's, it's not as, it's not as uh, prevalent probably right now because of what's going on. And it's like, you know, people are preoccupied with other things, but our sense of self and how, how we feel about ourselves, if we're not going to manifest that confidence and really get over that, we're not going to live our best life. There's no way that we could do the work that we're here to do. There's no way that we can really contribute in the way that we want to. And I think with video, what, what's so amazing is that you know, you can improve the way that you look on video. You can improve the way that you sound. You can make better quality videos. You you can, um, and at the same time, you know, when you understand who your audience is and you know how to speak to your audience, it's very transformative and, and, what, and how you convey your message. And your audience is going to identify with you, right? Like it, it's, it's interesting. If you look at brands, even like big box brands, you know, look at who's on television, look, look, look at the commercials. It's, there's, there's more diversity. There's people of all shapes and sizes, all age ranges, all genders, uh, binary. You know, it's like we are embracing culturally, I think. So if you are a person who doesn't fit into what you think is the status quo, guess what? You're still necessary. You, the way you are, exactly the way you are is, is enough. You look fine the way you are. There's going to be people watching your content and like you because you look like them, you know, like yes. th it's okay. You don't have to work hard to fill, fit a mold or to change your hair color or lose 50 pounds before you do something. Like, it's just, it's not necessary video. And the cool thing about it too, is that your authentic, your authentic side and your message comes across and it is received. You don't have to work that hard. You just have to make sure that it's real, that it's you. You have to step in. And that you that. show and up. You have to show up. And how you show up is very important. So that's that's what I focus on in, in my course. But you know, it, it's all tied in. What I'm teaching is all tied into that. So yeah. So we 
I have so much that I'd love to talk to you about. And there's so much more that we I'd love to explore with you. Would you be willing to come back for a second interview? Sure, I would love that. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. And meanwhile, how can people learn more about you? Uh, I am uh, my I'm, I'm on social media, obviously I'm on Facebook uh, and I have a website, it's called dynamicvideocoach.com. Mm -hmm. And you could just log in there and you can, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to see what I do. It has my bio, uh, you can connect with me through there. There's my email, I have a text number, you can text me, uh, but that's, that's the, and on Facebook, I love hanging out on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook group called The Video Coach and um, yeah, I have a, a program that started uh, October 3rd. It runs through November 5th. If it's, I know that it may not be those dates right now, but you can still jump in. It's week to week with live video, with live uh, Q&A calls and everything is recorded so you can log in and catch up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled to, to, to meet your audience and I'm so excited that you had me here today. Thank you. It's been a complete thrill and and folks, you can find all of that information in the show notes and stay tuned. I will be bringing back Sue in another interview because there's so much to talk about. Thanks again, Sue. Thank you so much, Trina. So great. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined me today. In my next episode, I talk about the source of clarity, why waiting for inspiration to strike is not enough. It's a powerful episode, folks, so stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. I also have a special invitation to share with you. If you are a coach who wants to identify your self-worth, break through limiting beliefs, and overcome energetic blocks to scale to consistent 5K plus months, I invite you to book a call with me. We'll have an intimate conversation about you, your business, and what's holding you back from scaling to consistent 5K plus months in your coaching business. If you still need more help at the end of the call, and it makes sense to both of us, we'll talk about what it would look like to work together. If this sounds good to you, click the Book Trina link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for next week. And remember, be awesome.